0: Welcome back to season two of the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, equipping you to successfully pursue the college of your dreams. We believe everyone deserves to reach their full potential and the admissions process shouldn't hold you back. Hello and welcome back. I hope you've already listened to part one. That's where we introduced this topic and we went through the introduction of the master class. And this is part two where we discuss time management and focus for teenagers and parents. And we did this inside the Facebook group, Parents of Ambitious Teens, Personal Growth, and Healthy College Prep. If you're not already a member of that Facebook group, or if your parents are not already members, please let them know, have them sign up, and begin contributing. Because it's a healthy and a very effective group to be a part of. If you have any interest in making sure that your college prep is healthy and motivating and inspiring, instead of overwhelming... And frustrating. Enjoy part two. The greatest barrier to your focus and self management is really simple. Making the hard choice is unsatisfying. In the moment when you just got out of the subway and you're tired and you're trying to walk to your next destination, it's less satisfying to take the stairs than it is to take the escalator. It's just easier, it's more satisfying to take the escalator. You know you'll study better if you really focus right now. But social media is more fun, okay? You know that getting the paper finished will feel amazing when it's done, especially if you can finish early, right? But right now, it just feels overwhelming and you're exhausted and something inside of you, you have got impulses and you've got internal resistance that says, ah, this is just overwhelming. I'm too tired. I'll start later, right? Tomorrow, you know that the healthy food is better for you, but that junk food has lots of sugar in it, lots of fat in it, and it's readily available, right? It's right there looking at you. Uh, Lots and lots of examples. So what do we do? We set goals to become better, right? That's a great idea. No harm in that. But what's the problem with these goals? Most of the time when we set these goals, we overestimate our future self. Okay, we say future me's level of self discipline is much higher than present day me. Current me, today me is undisciplined. I'm going to buy into the more pleasurable task. But future me, I'm going to set a goal because future me has a much higher level of self discipline. Okay, we overestimate future me's level of self discipline. We think that future me will be significantly better disciplined than current me. And of course, that's not true, right? In fact, future me is going to be less self-disciplined than current me. If in this moment, I choose the escalator instead of the stairs. If right now I choose the easier task that's more pleasurable, but it's not as good for me, guess what's going to happen? I become less self-disciplined over time. Let's talk about why that is. The John Nash study. This is a picture of John Nash. Fascinating, fascinating study. I love this study. He looked at Stanford University students. He monitored the screens of Stanford students and he also had them hooked up to electrodes so that he could monitor brain activity while they were studying. And we're gonna skip so many details that are also so juicy and so interesting. The study is worth taking time to learn about, but for our purposes, you need to know that he found that the screens changed on average every 19 seconds. So students were changing their screens, they were going to new tabs, new screens going back and forward or whatever else every 19 seconds. Even more importantly, the brain scans, as they were monitoring the brains, the brain scans showed an increase of pleasure a few seconds before switching from a hard task to an easy task. I hope that you hear what I'm saying. A few seconds before the students switched from a hard task to an easier task, from focused study to Instagram, from focused study to email, from focused study to less focused study, as long as it was from a harder task to an easier task, just a few seconds, two to three seconds before that switch, there was a dopamine spike in the brain. The brain knew that it was about to change to an easier task. And in anticipation of that, the pleasure centers of the brain lit up. When these students, now these are elite students, right? Stanford University students. When these students got even a little bit frustrated or or uncomfortable, they decided to distract themselves. I tell you this because first of all, you need to know that you are not abnormal. The fact that you struggle to focus The fact that sometimes you want to buy into your impulses, that you want to do the distracting easier thing, that's totally normal. You are totally normal. Okay, These are outstanding students, Stanford University students, still dealing with the same issue. Here's what's happening psychologically. Your uphill tasks are harder to do. This is taking the stairs instead of the escalator. Walking up the stairs, this is your test prep, this is focused homework, report writing, real thinking, real reflection, real uphill tasks are difficult and they take effort and energy. Downhill tasks, on the other hand, are things like social media or whatever, sports news, entertainment news, whatever, texting friends, any kind of distraction, even checking email. It's an easier task than the uphill task. And so when you switch, when you jump from an uphill task to a downhill task, it feels amazing. But the problem with that is that the results that you want come only after the uphill tasks. When you are able to focus and do your homework and stay disciplined, that builds your confidence, it builds your grades, it builds trust with the adults that matter a lot in your life, right? The kind of adults that can help you get into And succeed in college and in the businesses that you want to create after college and things like that. But the downhill tasks are more enjoyable. They need less energy. It's it's just easier to take the escalator than it is to take the stairs because jumping off the hard task is really easy. Getting back onto the hard task is hard. In fact, getting back onto the hard task is harder than staying with the hard task for longer. All right. It's harder to jump back to an easy task and then back to a hard task than it is to just stay on the hard task. It is important that you know this, all right. Teenagers who are listening in and even parents who would like to be better, more efficient, more productive in your lives. It's important that you understand this about your brain. It is easier to stick with the hard task than it is to jump off and go to an easy task and then jump back. Okay. Now, really, really important. We're going to talk about in just a second, uh, focused time blocks. You need to know that strategic recovery is not jumping off the hard task into an easy distraction. Recovery, allowing yourself recovery time is not jumping to an easier task. It's a very different thing. But distracting yourself while you're focused or while you should be focused, that's what we're talking about. Now, jumping off the hard task is easy. Getting back onto um, onto the hard task is hard. But it's even worse than that, because remember the brains, right? Remember the brain scans that the, the, the John Nash study uh, looked at. Each time you jump from a harder task to an easy task, it creates a dopamine hit in your body. Okay? That dopamine is going to spike in your brain. And guess what? Just like any addictive behavior, it gets harder over time changing or, or distracting yourself from a, from a hard activity from an uphill task to a downhill task while you're supposed to be focused leads to a dopamine hit. And that becomes an addictive behavior. And you should know that future me is not going to be more disciplined than, than present day me. It's just not going to happen. It's going to be less disciplined. Here's the great success paradox. If you want to have a hard life, make the easy choices now. If you want to have an easy life, make hard choices now. You may want to memorize this. If you want to have an, a hard life, go ahead and make the easy choices. If you want to have an easy life, you need to make hard choices. What am I talking about? Exercise, eating the right food, focusing in, on your homework, self-discipline, waking up early, getting your, your projects and your tasks done ahead of the deadline so that you have time to, to improve on them before the deadline comes or, or to get feedback from your teacher. All of these things are hard choices, and all of them make you stronger, build your confidence, build trust with the people you, who really matter to you. These things are the things that make your life easier. And at the same time, junk food, sleeping in, distractions, social media, binges on Netflix or YouTube or, or uh, whatever, Disney Plus, all of these things are easy to do now, and they all lead to a harder life. Life gets harder and harder as you make these choices. Life gets easier and easier as you make these choices. So if you want to have an easy life, make the hard choices today. If you want to have a hard life, make the easy choices today. Here's the problem we already talked about, though, that we've tried to be more self-disciplined in the past. We've tried to manage our time and our energy in the past. It just didn't work. So why are we talking about, you know, making the hard choices now, walking up the stairs instead of the escalator? Why are we talking about the psychology and the John Nash study? We've already tried this before. Why isn't this common practice? If we, if we all know that making the hard choice is the thing that's good for you and it's going to make your life easier, why isn't this common practice? First of all, I am going to get into some very, very specific tactics that I use and that you can use. they work for you but before we get into any of that i have one more slide that is absolutely critical this is a slide that i show to all of my students in the ivy league challenge in week one when we introduce the ivy league challenge i have three keys to their success and the second key is this one this is a picture of a power plant and i need you to know that the power plant does not just have energy it doesn't the power that we're using right now to use electricity and and transfer, I mean, absolutely miraculously transfer this course and this communication over zoom and over Facebook live to people all over the world, literally on, on multiple continents and a dozen time zones or more right now, all of that miracle happens because of power plants all around us. But those power plants do not just have energy. They create, the energy, they make the energy, right? They take raw resources, they take resources and they combine them in a specific way that generates energy, right? You are the same way. You do not just have energy. You generate your energy. You don't just have a good day. You don't just have success. You don't just have self-discipline or have the will to implement these tactics you generate that energy, you create that success. It's an internal job, all right? So right before we introduce these strategies and tactics, and you will have access, those of you who are requesting it, you'll have access to the free daily planner with a whole bunch of new strategies that do take into account psychology and neuroscience as we understand it today. Not just best practices for me and my friends at Harvard and other universities that where I've talked to students and, and talked about how they manage their day and how they manage their time. That's all in there. But there's also the positive psychology uh, work and neuroscience that we've learned about previously in my podcast and in these in these master classes that's all in that course. But ultimately, you have to make the energy, you have to bring the energy, you have to decide to create your success, right? So.